A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. This is an RNZ podcast. Hello, I'm Simon Morris. I think most of us realise that not only is the director fairly important on a movie, but also that it's hard work. Without necessarily buying into the auteur theory that the director does everything, everyone else does what they're told, it's undeniable that by the end of a film shoot, most of them are ready for a cup of tea and a lie down. All that planning, all those decisions, all those fights with everyone along the way. What about glitter? When I was a headliner in Paris... Audiences always liked it when I sparkled. No. Cat's eyes. No. Well, I'm going to need some antennae. No. You're the ruler of the galaxy. Show a little taste. But then we expect them to dust themselves off and do it again pretty smartly. Certainly, most of the hack directors have no difficulty coming back with another helping of that staple of the studios, the same old stuff. But what about the genuinely talented? What were your daughters like when they were little? I can't remember much, actually. Particularly talented women. Recently, a number of actresses, coincidentally or not, came up with brilliant debuts as directors. I just wish they'd hurry up with the rest of their careers. Maggie Gyllenhaal's lost daughter picked up an Oscar for her script, but the direction was just as spot on. Emerald Fennell's promising young woman the previous year was equally assured. I'm a nice guy. Are you? One, two. Okay. How old am I? What are my hobbies? What's my name? Sorry, maybe that one's too hard. Regina King's One Night in Miami, Olivia Wilde's Book Spart, Greta Gerwig's Lady Bird. At least Greta followed that up shortly afterwards with the remake of Little Women. What I'm saying is all these films were outstanding, different, often very funny, and I want more. Where are they? Ladybird, is that your given name? Yeah. Why is it in quotes? I gave it to myself. It's given to me by me. Ladybird always says that she lives on the wrong side of the tracks, but I always thought that that was like a metaphor. But there are actual train tracks. I know it may be easier to go back to your day job, acting, where you simply show up, do the business and bank the cheque. But we need good movies. You're making them. So make some more. We haven't done anything. We haven't broken any rules. Name one person whose life was so much better because they broke a couple of rules. Picasso. He broke art rules. Rosa Parks. Name another one. Susan B. Anthony. God damn it. The one exception to the one movie and I'm done rule is writer, actor, producer and director Lena Dunham, who's as hardworking as she is talented. She launched her career with the hit TV sitcom Girls. She was not only the star, but the showrunner in her mid-twenties. And this year, she's directed not one but two actual movies, including Catherine Called Birdie for Amazon Prime. I wish I could help every girl in the world. Knowing your own story will be your salvation. 
But for now, I am enough. Catherine called Birdie Had Me Anyway, starring as it does Andrew Scott, Billy Piper and teenage breakout star of Game of Thrones, Bella Ramsey. I couldn't wait. Also out this week, Millie Lies Low from promising young New Zealand writer-director Michelle Saville. We went straight to this rooftop party. Wow. I tried cocaine. Wow, so cool. <laughs> yeah, it was really cool. And it's like I've just been embraced by this amazing New York family. But first, another movie woman, in fact, for some, the most famous woman in movies. The latest telling of the tragedy of Marilyn Monroe arrives on Netflix. It's called Blonde. Miss Monroe, it's time. Australian writer-director Andrew Dominic was actually born in Wellington, New Zealand, but he's long been international in Outlook. He's best known for films about American outlaw Jesse James, Aussie outlaw Chopper and musician Nick Cave, which all, among other things, unstitched the idea of celebrity, as does Blonde. The story of Marilyn Monroe has been told over and over again, as if revisiting the life of the fragile actress whose curse was to embody the American dream might somehow change the outcome. Dominic has cast Cuban-born brunette Anna de Armas as the blonde, and she's astonishingly convincing. Here. Please come. Don't abandon me. She's coming. There are times you can't tell if it's Anna on stage or the original footage of Marilyn. And for someone for whom English isn't even her first language, she gets the voice perfect too. Blonde is based on another obsessive work, a vast doorstep of a book by Joyce Carol Oates, described as a fictional biography of Monroe. At its heart, like most of them, is the question, why was she so unhappy and could anyone have helped? How'd you get your start? Maybe. What start? In movies. Brought up by a troubled solo mother, young Norma Jean is constantly told that her missing father is someone important. You don't need to be Freud to guess daddy issues will feature heavily over the next few hours. With her mother in and out of mental institutions, Norma Jean spends most of her childhood in orphanages before earning a living as a pin-up model in trashy magazines. But diamonds are a girl's best friend. I guess I was discovered. And then, in this telling, she's discovered via various Hollywood casting couches and put in tiny roles in forgettable movies waiting for the next big break. What set the newly named Marilyn apart? Well, in some ways, it's hard to put your finger on it. I know you're supposed to get used to it. And we all lose our in the end. But I just can't. She had some talent, though her commitment to her acting classes is often so total it makes her classmates nervous. It's like she's got a mental illness, says one. 
She was very pretty, like half the waitresses in Hollywood, but the camera particularly loved her. Ireland doesn't exist. When I come out of my dressing room, I'm Norma Jean. Off it, she was just one of any number of starlets on contract to 20th Century Fox. But on screen, she was suddenly someone else. She was Marilyn Monroe. Nobody knew how she did it, least of all her. She's coming. She's lost here. The movies got better, even if the parts didn't, until one day she lucked into some films and directors that knew what to do with her. When she launched into Diamonds Are a Girl's Best Friend in Gentlemen Prefer Blondes, she became not just a star, but a sensation. The most beautiful woman on the planet and first prize for every alpha male in America. I'm one of the winners of the American lottery. I know it. I'm grateful for it. And I never take it for granted. Baseball was my life. Baseball was my ticket up and out. What distinguishes Blonde from the countless tellings of the Maryland story is a painstaking visual style. Director Dominic rounded up over 700 of the most famous Maryland shots, colour, black and white, film clips, and managed to duplicate most of them by the time the nearly three hours of Blonde is over. I played Marilyn Monroe. Marilyn Monroe. I can't face doing another scene with Marilyn Monroe. It's also not afraid to be thoroughly unpleasant and tasteless. Hardly any of the characters are named, though their identities, they are the most famous men in America at the time, is hardly a secret. But anonymity means Blonde can make these people as bad as it likes, while poor Marilyn has to put up with it. I'm still hurt when the camera's rolling. The unexpected villains of the piece are the Hollywood brat offspring of Charlie Chaplin and Edward G. Robinson, who corrupted, then discarded her. It seems like this that have raised the ire of the critics, not so much at Blonde retelling the tragic story again as telling it in such an ugly way, as if there's a nice way to tell it. All the girls drink, it's just that I'm the one that gets caught. Story of my life, I always get the fuzzy end of the lollipop. But frankly, the best way to see Marilyn is in the half-dozen classics she made in the 50s, like Some Like It Hot, which she hated, incidentally, How to Marry a Millionaire, even the notorious seven-year itch. As she often said, that's the real Marilyn Monroe. Marilyn Monroe only exists on the screen. Kiwi filmmaker Michelle Saville draws on a lot of her own life, apparently, in her debut feature, not least the fact that she made a flying start as someone to watch and clearly started to feel the pressure to deliver on that promise. After several well-received shorts, she's moved up to the top table with Millie Lies Low. My name is Millie Davies. I'm going to be interning at one of New York's top architecture firms.
Millie is another potential high flyer, a would-be architect heading for an internship at a prestigious firm in New York City. But the moment she gets on the plane, she has a massive panic attack and has to get off. It happens more often than you think. Sorry, I'm such a disappointment. I just got dumped by my future. Unable to face anyone with the shameful truth, she decides to hide it from her family, her friends, even the sponsors of the trip. She'll lie low and work out what to do. Meanwhile, she sends posts on social media, pretending she made it to the Big Apple and is having the world's greatest time. So you made it? Yeah. This is an epic opportunity to step into the next chapter of my life. What do you guys think of my exposed brick apartment? Um, anyway, I better go. Miss you guys. Millie is played by Anna Scottney, so touching in the film Cousins, and she's very good, essentially carrying the entire film on her shoulders. But while the setup sounds the basis for easy laughs, how many ways can Millie fool her friends that she's in New York? As the film continues, the jokes become fewer and further between. Millie, what happened? Hi, Millie. You hadn't turned up for your internship yet, which is kind of strange because from your Instagram post, it seems like you're having a great time in New York. <laughs> as the money runs out, she steals a car, or borrows it, as collateral for a loan shark and seduces her old teacher for somewhere to crash. There's a fine line between black comedy and just bleak, and Millie Lies Low doesn't always walk it comfortably. I want it to be normal, you know. I just... normal. Is Millie suffering from perfectly common imposter syndrome, or did she really get that internship under false pretenses? And her prickly relationship with her mother, Rachel House, brilliant as always, reflects some mutual guilt about Millie's unhappy childhood. Now, there's nothing wrong with some dark tones in a comedy, but here they threaten to swamp the story. If I see your friends, I'm not going to lie for you. You don't have to tell me how stupid it is. I am well aware of that. Millie finds herself wandering around the back alleys of Wellington, desperately avoiding anywhere she might be seen by someone who'd know her, and trying to raise money to actually get to the New York she pretends to be conquering. Hey, where my party people at? Where my party people at? It's good to see that life is still going on without me. At the heart of the film is how Millie sees herself. Does she want to get back on that horse, or would she prefer to let it go? She's overcome with the feeling that she's letting everyone else down too, not just herself. And that's an uncomfortable plot point that's going to need resolving. What's that bus? Yeah, yeah, it was a really strong tailwind. They said it was unusually fast. How's it all going? Honestly, it's been so amazing. Yeah, my boss came and picked me up from the airport. It looks great, it sounds great, it's full of inventive scenes, heavy on millennial cringe comedy, which I'm not a huge fan of, and potentially appealing characters. But even the best scenes between Anna Scottney and Rachel House suffer because I'm not clear how I'm meant to be reacting. LOL or SOS? You've got the master moving Nelly up. Yeah. Why? You put up a New York poster in New York? Yeah, I mean, I was just paying homage. I can take it down.
I was reminded of other movies about faking it, particularly an old German comedy called Goodbye Lenin, where a son had to hide from his mum the stressful news that the Berlin Wall had fallen. And because the setup for Millie Lies Low seems to promise a straight, albeit quirky, comedy, it's doubly disturbing when it resolutely refuses to give us more than the mildest of happy endings. You have to figure out your own point of view. What makes you, you? The fact is, people will tolerate a film that's not as tragic as they were expecting. They may even welcome it. But woe betide a film that doesn't deliver an expected comedy. English actor Bella Ramsey had one of the great launches in the TV series Game of Thrones, where she played a fierce 13-year-old clan leader, putting a bit of backbone into the backsliders. Now she's been given her own movie, Lena Dunham's adaptation of Karen Cushman's novel, Catherine Called Birdie. It is I, Birdie. I am, thank the Lord, very cunning. Most girls are, though we're not giving due credit for it. Well, I won't keep you in suspense. I absolutely loved everything about Catherine called Birdie, which is on Amazon Prime. But why wouldn't I? Aside from being set in medieval England and starring Bella Ramsey, with a plot like a rustic antique love child of Jane Austen and Geoffrey Chaucer, every time a door opens, one of my favourite actors walks in. You're my only daughter. If I say that you should be married, then married you should be. Where is the Lady Catherine? I've come here to propose marriage. Birdie's father, Lord Rollo, is played by Andrew Scott at the end of his tether, which is how I always like Scott. Long-suffering mum is played by Billy Piper as a dire warning to Birdie about life for women in the Middle Ages. She's permanently pregnant, though very few of those confinements go full term. The graveyard is full of Birdie's failed brothers and sisters. See our would I choose to die rather than be forced to marry? I do not think either option appealing or fair. I cheer for you, Birdie. I fear for you. But Birdie is approaching marrying age, a flexible number depending on the wealth and prospects of potential suitors, even if she does the best she can to avoid that undesired outcome. And to her credit, she and her best friend, Perkin the Goat Boy, managed to fend off suitors like Russell Brand of Kent. A man has come and asked for me by name. You cannot mean Our Lady Catherine. She's a vile creature. Some say she has a third ear. She does. Have you seen this third ear? I've seen it. Where? Back of her neck. Is it functional? Spare. Spare. I'm not interested in meeting him nor any man with his intention. But Birdie will have to marry someone, and someone rich, since her father has managed to fritter away much of the family fortune. The fact is, women in the 13th century were a valuable asset, one of the few Lord Rollo can count on. Give me one example of, of an expense not strictly necessary for the survival of my family. Really? My tiger has arrived. It's dead. The travel was harsh from Siberia, my lord. They have this just sleeping, father. It's not breathing. If Birdie could choose a husband, it might very well be her dashing Uncle George, fresh back from the Crusades and oozing heroic glamour. While she realises that marrying your uncle isn't on the cards, she's still furious when Alice, her other best friend, inconveniently falls in love with him too. You'd like to go anyway, your father, isn't it? 
Men are horribly duplicitous as creatures. Oh, make it stop. I can't control it. One major difference between a witty comedy of manners now and back in the Middle Ages is the precarious life expectancy of those days. At any moment, problems could arise or be resolved by people suddenly dying unexpectedly. But meanwhile, Birdie goes out of her way to keep everyone on their toes. My truest passions are avoiding my chores. Critiquing my father's horrible sword play. Don't you mind my troubles? And listening through doors I should not listen through. But my time is here. I ripen like a peach for plucking. Dotted throughout the film are delightful characters from Birdie's obnoxious brother Robert the would-be knight and a rather more sensible brother Edward the monk to the later arrival the fabulous Sophie Oconedo as a sort of wife of Bath from the Canterbury Tales there to give Birdie some much-needed support. You have wings. You must learn how to harness them. You don't get to decide who we are, where we go, or how much we cost. Like, we're just things. We're not things. We're people. And we can think, and we can hear, and we can feel. There are at least half a dozen familiar faces from Game of Thrones in supporting roles. Writer-director Lena Dunham was clearly a fan. But above all, it's a showcase for Bella Ramsey, and she's quite marvellous. If I were to marry if, 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 I would like to. Love someone. Oh, I thought a virgin was where God made you pregnant. Oh, no, that was only that one virgin. Bella's not remotely glamorous. She boasts an almost medieval plainness in repose, but she's hardly ever in repose. Bertie's hilarious, touching, infuriating, fearless and irresistible, and the script and the performance deliver on every level. As I say, why wouldn't I love it? The only way it could be more aimed at me would be if the music offered a semi-medieval take on old pop songs, which of course it does. I've been missing you, I should be kissing you. Wait, these are monks. Why hath no one told me? Honey from the Bee, an old 90s hit from a very young Billy Piper. Just one of the light touches director Lena Dunham enhances Catherine called Birdie with. My favourite scene, though, is Birdie visiting her brother at the monastery and being told off for clambering up a statue of Jesus. Of Jesus. Catherine. Don't Gentlemen. But you'll find your own favourites, I'm sure. Catherine Colberti is on Amazon Prime, and the good news is Lena Dunham has another film coming out this year, for which my expectations are now through the roof. A good encouragement to Maggie Gyllenhaal, Emerald Fennell and Greta Gerwig to get their next projects up too, though I see Olivia Wilde's new one is ready next week. But that's the end of this week's show. I'm Simon Morris, and I hope you'll join me at the movies same time next week. Botox Cosmetic, Autobotulinum Toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.